Let's face it, Brit happens. Success is rarely a straight line. It's a journey with many twists, turns, potholes, and unwelcome detours. The secret, however, lies in how we react. Keep listening to learn how to effectively respond to life's curveballs, improve your resilience, and how winners pivot from setbacks to success. I'm your host, Brittany Sharpton. Let's get started. afternoon, everyone. I am extremely excited to be here with Mrs. Nancy Dawkins, who is a former teacher. She's a community activist, and most importantly, one of my most favorite people in the whole entire world. Thank you so much for joining me, Mrs. Dawkins. It's a pleasure, Brittany. I wanted to get your thoughts and wisdom as to how we grow as a community from the unfortunate events that have led to protests, not only nationally, but right in our backyard here locally. If I'm allowed to show off how old you are, can I, can I tell people? <laughs> I don't mind. I don't mind you telling them how old I am. Okay, well, Mrs. Coffee is 96 years old. That's what I'm saying. Yes. I want to show it off. You are extremely blessed, 96 years old, the most witty person that I know. And so you've seen so much. So what steps do you propose that we take to get what we want? And in your opinion, how do we define what we want? In, in my opinion, you say, what do you think we can do? Uh, what do we want? Right, what, what do you propose? What steps that we can take to get what we want? I think, we want? I think the first step is education. See, if you're, if you're educated, uh, if you have studied and you've been in a group, you know how to control yourself or someone will tell you how to control yourself or uh, the teacher or the leader or the instructor can tell from the students their attitudes and what come out of their mouth and really and truly, the students really tell you what they are thinking. Mm -hmm. And they don't hold back. And if you don't agree with them, then you need to come in compart. You need to come in companion, come in as a companion or a partner. And then let, let, let the students talk. Do not crush a person. Then you can really find out what's on their mind. Mm -hmm. And then you could say, well, I would do it this way, or I would do so forth and so on, or we would study about it. Because most of these cases have been recorded before us. And most people, they've gone through racial problems and what have you. And it's either you got to be in some kind of club or organization so that you could know you cannot be the leader or have it your way you got to come in partnership with someone. And what, the reason I said education is because when you go to school or college or what have you, you don't take over the class. You have someone in there with a book and you're reading and discussing and debating and what have you. All this comes in a higher learning education. I was just listening to my son he is instructing the 
children now who are getting promoted. And he was telling them he didn't agree with everything that they said. And he has an outline that you go by that you got to complete so much. And right now, when you said, I'm not doing that, I'll do that later, and you don't turn it in. You're not following instruction. And a lot of times, we don't know how to uh, say that I don't agree with what you're saying. So you need to you need to talk it over, and you need to discuss, and you need to let a, let a person know you, and then you tell them you, what you feel about you may not be right, but you can come to a truce. Right. Absolutely. Why do you think, Mrs. Dawkins, that why have so many past actions by African-Americans not effectively seen a better America in terms of distribution of wealth and the quality of life among different classes of people? Well, when you mention wealth, the first thing is, you don't just go and get wealth. You got to have some skills for wealth. I usually tell my students, you don't come in and be the president of the bank. You got to go through process. You got to first be uh, maybe the janitor, and you can see what's happening. You open up, and you take another, another step, and step by step, they watch you. And then that's how you move up. Maybe you have a better plan than the person who is the president. They'll listen to you for a little while, but sometimes they'll say, let's try it. Mm -hmm. And they'll give you an opportunity to try it. The next thing is, you know somebody. Somebody say, I think that person would be good in this job, but come and ask me to see if I want this job. And then jobs you have a variety for you really get one that you like and if you don't like the boss or if you don't like the job move on and try another job until you find out where you're satisfied and you could work sometimes you can't work on a, a high paying job it's better to have something that you like and you will stick to it and you will work so as far as wealth is concerned, I've always been told money makes money. If you don't have no money, how you going to get some more? you got to work and save, and then you got to invest, and then you got to be with the people with the money, and they will help you instead of you. I don't know why they got this, and I don't know why they got that. You don't have the skill for it. And I usually, when I go to the doctor's office, I go in giving them my diagnose and they stopped me right away. Did you study medicine? So I get, I get back on in my lane. I did not study medicine. So therefore I will listen to them. And if I don't like what they said, I go to another doctor. So really and truly, you need some skills. You need some skills almost to do anything because you can't jump right in and take over. I'm glad that you mentioned that, Mrs. Dawkins. And in terms, in terms of, like you said, investing and you need money to make money, I know that you've always advised me. I'm 
still on the market looking for a proper suitor, that you can't also partner with someone that has no money. That is true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You don't partner with someone when you put $100 on the table, they need to put one on there. They say, I'm going to give it to you later. Uh, you better beware. And then if they borrowing from you, you better beware. And a person, even in clubs and organizations, they don't let anybody be the treasure until they see that you have a, 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 a financial background, that you own a car or you have a house or you have property. Because the first thing they'll say is, I lost it, someone stole it, and what have you. And that's not reliable. But you could tell whether or not you need to go in with a person because you see that they have a job and they got an income coming in and they got money. You don't want anybody on the street to, to be your banker or to work for you without any money. So therefore you have to be observant mm -hmm. and a person. And you can tell if they got money or not. Oh, absolutely. You can tell within the first date. Okay. Mrs. Dawkins. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, there was a delay, but that, that is it's true. You, you can't go into something broke. What do these protests really signify or represent as issues that are frustrating African-Americans? Why do you think people are protesting on 95 in, in cities all across the country? What frustrations are they carrying? Well, I think, I think they're frustrated because we've seen this happen before. And so therefore, nothing is really done and they take too long to, to, to do your case. And that's why I, that's why I think they were really frustrated. Um, it's a pattern on how we are treated. And they are watching it and they are tired. They really don't think that we have freedom because we're not in charge. You could see yourself. Everybody who is over this case does not look like us and we're there still fighting and saying how long how long but we're not in the position to do anything else if you're watching this case right now they've had two autopsies and they said two was right they came together on one point but on another point they got different and I doubt if they had anybody in there who was looking to me. We don't know. So, and we just think that we could rule, but some of us don't, don't know the law. See, you got to know the law because they was giving information to us on the different um, status of how they judge the crime, the crime got different stages. And so if you don't know, that's why you have to get a lawyer, someone who knows the law. 
and not you. You can't go and say what should have been or what they should do. You don't know what he did. So you got to find out what he did because there's some baggage with him and you need to put it on the table. But what they're saying, we all saw the knee on the throat of the fellow. And he said, I can't breathe. So that is not being compassionate right there. And if we had a chance to discuss it, you would ask them, would you want somebody to put their knee on your mother and you touch a person's hard string when you say, do you want that on your mother? You take your mother, not your sister or your brother, but they'll say no. So they would, uh, and the others are looking and nobody helped. But we, Martin Luther King say peaceful. In a peaceful agreement could have been um, used with the handcuffs of them. So we are convicting the man and, and we're not in charge. But this is why I say they want you to sit around the table and discuss these things. But I really think now that they're gonna have more meetings and evaluate the police department or any department before we have the conviction. Right. And I'm happy that you brought that up, Mrs. Dawkins. That leads me to my next question. As we are 13% of the US population, with a significant number of our Black men incarcerated. How reasonable is it to expect that the majority of the country will support our causes? I really think, I really think they would support your causes if you have a program and you go in and get a leader among them. If you have one of one in that group that you're going to work with to be your leader, they'll come back and tell you, I don't think they're going to go for that. Mm -hmm. uh, I think they want money. I think this and I think the other because you, you don't know what's in their thoughts. Uh, when I was at uh, a high school, I had the delinquent students and I had the disturbing students. And it, it just was a disruptive group. And when I went in there, I just kept quiet for a while and just observed. Mm -hmm. And after a while, they, they, they started with me. Why are you here? What you supposed to do? Uh, you supposed to tell us. But they were bothering us. And they went over all of that. And I found out that they needed somebody to listen to them. Mm -hmm. And so I told them, if they kept quiet, I'm going to listen to each one of them. Why are you here? And it took the whole period to tell why. So then I said, do you think that was disruptive? Or what do you think about your behavior? And nine times out of 10, well, I should not have done that. They, they concede. And they would say, well, I think, uh, and, and with, my, with the wisdom that I had, they called me a missionary. Because <laughs> I asked them, would they cut up like that in church? And they would laugh. 
and they got quiet. So you got to have some kind of con some kind of conversation what's on their mind. Right. We the one to sit down, go. We com commanding them to do this and commanding them. What would you like to do? Uh, how can we solve this problem? Let them tell you. Do you think he was right in that room to do what he did? They will tell you no. Right, right. And some of them will say, well, he should not have done that. I say, tell him. I mean, they don't want us over them like we're the police. Because they usually say, you're the police. You're not the police. You're not my mama. And so I used to tell them, I'm going to tell your mother. I'm going to tell your father. I'm not going to say you was right or wrong. I'm going to let them tell me, do they think it was right or wrong? Sometimes right. you got to concede with them because they're the one who go call you mean. And uh, usually you got to listen to these children. They need some love too. Somebody love them. Right. They're not all thugs. And I never call my students thugs. I didn't call them out their names because your mother named you something. Mm -hmm. They didn't name you um, a boy. You had a name. And these other names that they call, I had a lot of students in there. They called us a monkey. I said, maybe they said you act like a monkey. I don't act like no monkey. The mere fact of the negative that they hear they feel as though a person of another color is picking on them. But uh, they have to learn to be in order. And they have to learn how to take orders. They don't do that in the army. When they right. go to, when they go in service, if you want to be in there, you abide by their rules and regulations. If not, they tell you, you free to go. Right. They put you out. And, and and that's why they have bouncers in clubs. You are arguing and he tell him, come, come, come. And they keep on, you get out of my face. Then he say, leave, leave. And he, I'm not going any place. Then he go try to put him out. Leave him alone and watch him. And I don't like say, don't shove him. Don't put your hand on him to, to cause a fight. Because it take two people to fight. It take two to argue. And if one keep quiet, but just watch the person and don't stay in their face. See, that's another thing. But we we talk when they tell you to go home, going home. Okay. I, and I was going to say, I, I like Mrs. Dawkins when you were talking about your students, how instead of only being like a dictator or only berating them, you had an open line of communication and showed compassion and love, which a lot of times these students may be missing and that helps correct some behavioral problems. So that was great. Okay, I, so Ms. Dawkins, another question I know you can provide great insight on. I've observed in Miami-Dade County that several other minority communities have flourished, like the Jewish community, the Haitian community, the Arab community, the West Indian community. Why do you think that the African-American community has lagged consistently? Why do you think we don't have somebody helping us? Or why Is that the question? Well, these other minority communities 
like the Jewish, the hate, the West Indian uh, the communities have flourished in Miami-Dade County, but the Black, the African-American community has lagged behind the other minority groups. What are your thoughts? Uh, you say the like they have roots or something more in the country than we have? Or they're just more, I, I mean, I think, for example, they probably own more businesses, are more yeah. economically empowered. Why is it that Black Americans, African Americans, haven't seen the same level of success as the other minority groups? Now, that's really a, a hard one for the simple reason we were always slaves. And I don't care how much education we had, you didn't have to go. George Washington Carver, if you read him, he just took the peanut and just kept working on it and kept working on it until he could find out different things that could happen. He didn't have any money. Mary McLeod Bethune, $1.50. And she go get her school. So they saw that she had the initiative and the common sense to go and they gave her a little bit. And she was out. She never said that we beg. We ask. Help us. And that's how she started that school. Help him. Because she had to run away herself to go to school. Harriet Tubman. She, she, she had to run away. And when she got away and saw freedom, then she pulled some more. But uh, we never had the background. Right now, you can hardly go into business. They won't give you no loan. You got to go to all your relatives and get their little money. This gentleman was telling me, a black gentleman was telling me how he started with raising chickens. He says he got money from all his family to start with a bro with a, a with two, two dozen chicks, mm -hmm. and don't let those chicks grow. And then he got some more. He couldn't get no no loan, and so he said he just kept on and kept on until now he got a chicken farm My because he started like how they say from scratch. Mm -hmm. And in all other businesses, you see the whole family and they're working. And uh, so they don't have to pay nobody. Uh, you go to the bank right now, you got all this paperwork to fill out. And you ain't got no collateral to put up. So you take your own little money mm -hmm. so you won't have to pay them all that interest. Right. And when you're, late, when you're late paying, the charges are $35. And $60. They loan you the money and you don't pay on time and you got to pay on the money that they loan you. Mm -hmm. right. So you see, but now the Better Business Bureau and SCORE helps you to go into business. They tell you don't go in there until you got so much. And then you take that and let that turn over. Right, but so, you, you made an excellent point, Mrs. Dawkins, that oftentimes it's so difficult for African Americans to get this access to capital when you compare to majority groups. So from slavery to now, it's still an economic and, and financial issue that has been a hurdle. That is true. And we don't know how to invest 
you can hardly find a black financial and all the others. Uh, where, where did you get this money from? They think you got it from the lottery, uh, from stole it or something. Right. So, you they don't help you. They don't help you to invest. Because I remember, and if somebody don't take you mm -hmm. to these seminars, you don't get to know how to invest. You look and, at that program. And the frustration I found, because I provide financial services and consulting services, but oftentimes our own people won't hire you because they feel like, as a Black woman, your skill set is not as high or valuable as a white man. So even if they found a firm to help you with certain professional services, unfortunately, some people are still brainwashed and don't want to use the firm. So there's hurdles, but we'll work through them. That's all I know how to do. Who would be your ideal president if you had to pick tomorrow? What? Repeat. <laughs> Who would be your ideal president of the United States if you had to pick tomorrow? <laughs> I would pick Biden, and I don't mind saying it because I think he is fair. I don't pick by by parties. You could be a Republican or you could be a Democrat, but I listen to how you are going to help us. And I have not seen anything where Donald Trump is helping us and he calls names. And I do not think that is a professional thing. And like a little a child said, he said this and that was not true. So what do you call him? A, a, a fifth grader said that and nobody answered. But everybody know if you're saying something and you know it's not true, you know what you're being called. But Biden, I feel as though you could talk to him. And so you want somebody where your door is open. Mm -hmm. I usually ask all of those candidates when I go to a forum, when you get in office, will your door be open or closed? And they say, what you mean by that? Can we come to see you and not your assistant? Mm -hmm. Because we are voting for you and not the assistant. And I had one candidate to tell me, and he was white. He says, when I get in, I'm going to have an assistant. I say, why not have two? He said, why two? I say, you, I want you to have a white one and I want you to have a black one because I feel more comfortable going to the black one than going to the white one. But if you don't have but one, I have to go to that one and that's just like you. <laughs> so he laughed and he told me, well, you got a point. He said, I'm going to get two. So I persuaded him to get two. But we have a candidate, we have a, an official right now and he don't have but one. And the one is like him, and we can, we have not been able to really get to him. And she says that she'll get back to us. And uh, it is not a friendly situation, but we're not going to boycott and fight. We just wait and vote. Absolutely. If you don't vote, don't complain. 
Say it again, Mrs. Dawkins, in case people didn't hear you. <laughs> what? If you don't vote, don't complain. Amen. And another thing, Mrs. Dawkins, that I'm so happy you touched upon, I actually just had a conversation with a friend of mine last night about not mattering the party. I found that so many times for so many years, people assume because you're Black, you have to vote Democrat and your loyalty without hearing any platforms has to go to the Democratic candidate. But you said in the beginning of your response that this has nothing to do with Democrat or Republican. You're evaluating the candidate based on what you feel he can do for you individually and, as, and for the community. So I think that's extremely important and I think it's ignorant to think otherwise. I think so too, because uh, some Republicans are still good and I have one and I care for him dearly and he knows it and I feel as though he is fair and he is the city of Miami mayor. Uh, we can go to him and he will listen and yeah. say he's going to see what he can do. And usually the things that we are asking for is evaluated and it is brought to the table and it's not under the table and no special awards are given. It's for the health of people. I feel as though candidates who are in office should be fair to everyone, not just a few. Don't send me to ask for something. Go yourself. I don't have no more power over a candidate than you have. And so don't say, tell Ms. Dawkins to go and ask for this. Tell Ms. Dawkins to go. Go for yourself. I want the candidate to be fair with everyone. And don't be picking. No clicks. <laughs> well, you said a mouthful there, Mrs. Dawkins, because one, we know people come to you because you hold so much weight in the community and have the ear of the majority of politicians because of your impact on the community. And two, I wanted to touch upon, I also am a big fan and, and love Francis Suarez. So like you said, it's not about your party. It's, are you hearing my concerns? Are you genuinely attempting to act and address those concerns? And I think he's done an incredible job during the pandemic and also in light of all the protests that are going on. So that's an excellent example. And he's a huge fan of yours, Mrs. Dawkins, as you already know. <laughs> well, one thing what you said, uh, they come to me. One thing, I'm not, I don't see where I could do no more than what you can do. And that's what I want the candidates to see. Not by looks, not by your education, and not by anything. Uh, because what's on my mind when I go to a candidate, I'm going to get for help for everybody, not me. You're not going to get, I'm not going for you to build me a house or buy me a car or pay me. I don't take no money from them candidates, so they don't. I don't. They don't owe me nothing. Mm -hmm. So therefore, I go and I talk to them, 
And I'm not demanding. I'm only asking. <laughs> don't they think it's right? And don't you think we need to have one thing that I usually get from candidates? You come and ask because you see another neighborhood visiting. I say, that's right. If it's good enough for them, it ought to be good enough for me. Mm -hmm. Just like the marquee that we have. Why do you all want a marquee? So when the people ride down 12th Avenue, they can see what's happening in the park. Yes, others got it. So what's good for others is good for us. And it's not copying. Uh, maybe they thought about it before we did. So respected in the community. You have a street named after you. But before we go there, Mrs. Dawkins, we know that who you would like as president. Who would be your ideal mayor for the county if you had to vote tomorrow? I have not heard from any of them, and I don't know how many is running. Well, we would we're going to have a forum, and I will attend the forum, and I will ask my questions. So I can't. I don't know really who's running. And I don't know who's running for commis county commissioners. Well, for the for the, the mayoral race for the county, we have um, Alex Pinellas, Daniela Levine Cava is running, Xavier Suarez is running, and I know I'm missing, and I apologize. There's a fourth. The slate it started off with a whole bunch of people, and then closer and closer to the primary, it gets shorter. So from those three, and I'm sorry, during this recording, I forgot the fourth one. Who would you pick without the forum? Yet? Well, see, I haven't talked to, I haven't, I have not heard their platform. I have not, yes, I have to hear what each one say they're going to do for everybody. And I don't always say to black people no more. What are you going to do for the community? Mm -hmm. And then they will tell you, what do you want? And then I will have some things to help. Really and truly, we need to work with these children. They need jobs and they need to stay in school and what have you. And either the ones, uh, the, the, the 17s through the 25, they don't have jobs. Put them on some kind of training program and give them a stipend because that's why they're bad. They don't have any money. You remember when it was snatching pocketbooks? You see, they don't do that no more now. They gave them some jobs. And like and now they're coming robbing and killing. Everything that you're talking about, it all comes back to economics and financial yes. viability. Yes. And that's what I so much want, I guess, my peers and the generation. You completely understand that. It's once we address the economic ills. Society. I think a lot of the social ills that we experience, whether it's crime or unemployment, that can be addressed, but the financial aspect needs to be addressed first. It can't be the other way around. We've seen what happens when that is in play. That is true, because right now the program that uh, Frederica has, the 5,000 role models, Mm -hmm. She started off with underprivileged, and now she got privilege and everybody in it, and all these students want to get in it. And look, she got 5000 She 
that program will soon have ten or twenty thousand because she saw a need, mm-hmm. and they need more needs where the children will learn or want to get in a program to get a trade. You need programs like that. How many would like to be a plumber, electrician, and what have you, and put them in there and start training them, and then they'll be uh, equipped to do a job and have a skill. Right. You, 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 you know, they don't just need no money. And going to college, I mean, you're going to get an education and to become disciplined so that you will know that you can't rule the world until you're elected. <laughs> so um, somebody need another program like that to catch these children mm-hmm. so that they can have a job when they finish the certification. It's the economy, just like how you say, it's money. And make it instead of stealing it and breaking in. Mrs. Dawkins, you are so wise. And this is, I'm going to wrap up so I know that the battery is dying. You know, I would love to talk to you for hours. Maybe we can do a part two or three. What are the next steps after protesting and demonstrating and posting online, we have the nation's attention. What to do now? Really and truly, uh, several of my friends, we were talking. Minneapolis. And you saw the policeman with his neck, I mean, with his knee, on a black person's face and handcuffs on, don't you know that made all of us angry? Right there. They should have put them in custody. They didn't. So they didn't do anything about it. So these that's where the protesters came in. And they were not, I understand, from Minneapolis. They came from these cities who was looking for uh, a, a cause to protest. And so therefore, that's what they did. Start breaking in, putting fire and everything. If they would have taken the gentleman and put him in custody, they would have said, we have arrested that policeman and the three who was looking. Then the black could have said, let's go in and let's talk. Now what you gonna do? But you would have had them. They had to wait. And two or three days later, it came. They are now in custody. See, that's that's the frustration, like you said. It takes all of this effort just to... Get them arrested. Right. And I guess where, like I said, I'm very solutions-oriented. And I completely agree. I think that the protests and the demonstrations definitely serve a purpose. But I'm about what next? Because unfortunately... In two weeks, people so quickly forget. Everyone's highly emotional right now. And then two weeks is back to normal. What do we do so we're not having the same conversation every time an unarmed Black man is killed? Because I don't see sufficient progress being made for us to continue to have these same exact conversations. And for someone who, you know, you lived through the McDuffie riots and all sorts of, you know, other injustices in the city and the country, what I would love your insight and wisdom on what we need to do differently because what we've been doing is clearly not working. 
I'm about to call a friend of mine now. She belongs to the NAACP, and someone told me to call Talmud's Fair and see what his organization, you need an organization now, Urban League or the NAACP or some school or some organization to get the leaders together on what we need to do to approach the mayor, the governor. I mean, here in Miami. Oh, Ms. Dawkins, I'm going in your face. I can't see you. There you are. Okay. Okay. I think we need need to approach the leaders of organizations. I don't think one or two persons speak for us. I think an organization speaks for us. And they need to call us. If you would like to come to a planning meeting with the NAACP and let us do the questioning and you and you listen and really some of these people need to write them questions down because they talk too long. They need to write down their questions. Tell them to put it on paper and pass it in and keep quiet in here. And then I think they could do something more. Let the committee read what's on your mind. Right, and a more efficient they will, come, they will come up with the, yes, they will come and then they can say, I'm speaking for my community. Right. They want to see what are you going to do in the police department. The police went in there know, know who's a racist. They know among themselves. Let them put it on a piece of paper and don't put the name on it. And uh, they uh that's an excellent when point. When you find who is one, yes. You know, when when you get a group together, they know things that we don't know. Right. I'm, I, that's an excellent idea. I think it's about the, it's a moral issue and accountability. And I know there's a quote or a meme that's going around that's saying, just because people are saying that there's only 10 bad apples stay in the batch with the police. If you're not saying anything, you're just as bad. If you know that someone on the force is, has a Klansman application or someone's doing something bad, you know, because we happen to see the video of George Floyd, but how many times has this happened and we never know about it? Like you said, if it wasn't televised, we wouldn't know about it and everyone would be going about it as, as normal. So they know what's going on inside. So they also have to be a part of the conversation to be transparent and help address it. I have known it was that serious. Right. See, but when you see it, um, not only did the blacks, but a lot of the whites said, that was really terrible with your knee. Was they trained to just step on your neck like that? And you on the ground? That they had a a dialogue, you know, just arguing. 
Mm-hmm. And they don't even know how he got on the ground. Did he lay down? Did they lay him down there or what? And so, see, that's a question that needs to be answered. So I feel as though an organization needs to step in now, and that could help quiet you. It's not going to quiet you until you find out what, how much time they're going to give them. And they're going to take a long time before they try this case. Mm-hmm. And see, you're going to be angry over that after a while. I mean, I tried until next year. And it, you don't know. It, it, like you said, there's so many open variables and, and yes. different steps that we have to get through. I'm just hoping that there's something actionable um, and sustainable. So we're not always going backwards and doing this again. Mrs. Dawkins, as always, you are such a valuable resource. So much fun. You know, I love you so much. I really, really appreciate you doing the Brit Happen Zoom. Um, we're definitely going to need to do a part three or four. You have so much institutional knowledge within the community and so highly respected and loved by everyone. So maybe we can do the forum, the um, mayoral forum, and we can get, because you're president, aren't you still president of the AARP? Am I? Right, you, you're at least the honorary chairman. I'm, I'm, I'm president emeritus. Right, exactly. So I was thinking, wouldn't it be very cool to do different demographics? Like we can maybe do some of my peers with yours and have the candidates. That way they're forced to answer questions that address everyone's needs. Well, that would be fine. We would get different women organizations and get our view. Okay, uh, I love that, that idea. And uh, it's a pleasure trying to give my advice. And, and one other thing I did not mention, we do not have Martin Luther King on there, a minister, and see, we need this problem to be taken to higher powers, need some prayer, and we need some in there. They wouldn't be cutting up like this in church. I hate, we don't, we don't preach in government, but you can really say this does not happen in church in any religious organization, you don't do this in there. You go in there to heal, and in a, on, the, on money, it tells us, in God we trust. So we ought to put him into some of this. And that's why we have to pray for peace yeah. and calmness. Yeah. And it will come, but how long? How right. long? Not long. That was in the paper, I think, yesterday. Um, saying uh-huh. that we need to get the ministers stirred and let them tell these people they're not doing right. They need to tell the government what they need to do too. Like you said so, yesterday, Mrs. Dawkins, that you're going to uh, take it up to a higher calling or yes. your supervisor and the supervisor, they didn't know that you were reporting them to the Lord? Yes. <laughs> they may not know that, but we could do that. Right, because uh, we we need someone like the Lord to 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 really break this. Because look, it's 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 funny this happened during the time we was already having a crisis. 
and this broke out. And they was out there protesting. Some of them didn't have no mask on. And right after this, look, we gonna be with the hurricane. Right, so we have, we have COVID-19, the protests for injustices and police brutality and hurricane season. If 2020 can't be more of a movie, I don't know what year can. And we're, we just hit June. So I'm just hoping this is the top of the roller coaster of, I hate to call it drama, but challenges. And then maybe smooth sailing as we ease into the I don't necessarily anticipate that will happen, but we can bring it to the Lord and maybe he can help direct us because the human aspect is, is hasn't quite been very successful. And you got one more thing, the election. And don't, right, forget, about the, don't forget about the election and then we will almost be to another year. Right. So, so the organizations, and the collection and the elections committee and the hurricane committee, we got all that on us before we go have some peace and calmness. Yes, let's continue. Thank you so much all again, right. Mr. Dawkins. Uh -huh. I'll see and you thank soon. you. And thank you. You're welcome. Okay, of course. Bye. It's an honor. Bye. All right. Bye bye. Thank you guys so much for checking out today's episode of Brit Happens. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, or Google. You can also find me online at www.brithappens.com and on social media, Instagram or Facebook at Brittany Sharpton. See you next time.